Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio.
Welcome, everyone. Thank you for tuning in. This is T. Love, your host here at Energy Awareness Radio. I am a certified reconnective healing practitioner, sound therapist, and positive psychology practitioner with a private practice in Sussex County, New Jersey, where Energy Awareness Radio streams to you live each and every week. Now, our chat room is open, so feel free to join the discussion. That's probably already starting right now. We do keep an eye on the chat room, so if you have a question, go ahead and post it, and we will do our best to get your question on air. As an alternative, for those of you who are on the go and you cannot continue to listen online, please call us directly by dialing 347-2020-227. And that way you can listen via phone, or please be sure to use your Bluetooth if you're driving about. As you all know, Audible.com is our main sponsor, but did you know that a Pennsylvania study found that exercisers went to the gym 50% more often when they had an audiobook on hand? It's true. It really is. I myself look forward to learning or being entertained while I'm on my tread climber because the time goes by so quickly and I'm actually accomplishing something. Audible.com is a leading provider of spoken audio entertainment and information, and Audible.com has more than 180,000 audiobooks and spoken word audio products to choose from. So you can listen whenever and wherever you want, including the gym. You just have to download the title you prefer free of charge and start listening when you sign up for a 30-day trial at audibletrial.com slash energyawareness. It's that easy, audibletrial.com slash energyawareness. So listeners, you know, we receive requests for topics all the time. And last year, yes, it's about a year ago, we received a request to discuss anger with regard to how to curb your temper and how to get rid of your anger. So as with all the requests we receive, we begin to do a little research to get the best possible authors who can respond well to the issue. And it took a little while, but we found someone who was able to speak to anger in a way that is easy to understand while providing you with tools to help you with anger issues. My guest is Reverend Thomas G. Morrow. Father Morrow graduated from St. Charles Seminary in Philadelphia and was ordained in 1982 for the Archdiocese of Washington, D.C. He has an STL in Moral Theology from the Dominican House of Studies and received his doctorate in Sacred Theology from Pontifical John Paul II Institute for Studies on Marriage and Family in 1999. Now, he was a host for three years of Catholic Faith Alive, a radio program on WNTR in Washington in which he explained the Catholic faith. And he has also been a guest on other radio shows and TV as well. He is co-founder of St. Catherine Society for Single Women Seeking Spiritual Growth and the St. Lawrence Society, the male counterpart to the St. Catherine Society. And he's joining us tonight to discuss his book, Overcoming Sinful Anger, How to Master Your Emotions and Bring Peace to Your Life. And while his work is steeped in Christianity, I do want to say that all of the tools he offers apply to everyone, not just those of the Christian faith. This is for people of the world. That means all of you listeners out there who are listening to this show right now. Welcome to the show, Father Morrow. Thank you so very much for taking time to join us here on Energy Awareness Radio. How are you being? I'm doing great. Thanks be to God. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Thanks be to God. That's right. You know, your book, Overcoming Sinful Anger, it is, it's an easy and a quick read because there's not a lot of pages to it at all, and it truly focuses on how one can not just curb or tame anger, but also get over anger, where, if you watch the news at all, this is something that's very much needed in this world. So my first question is, 
because it's so much needed in the world, what was the catalyst for you to write this particular book? Uh, because I I was working with a lot of people, uh, giving spiritual direction or just talking to them, and uh, it came up fairly often that, well, they they got angry a few times, and uh, it sounded like it didn't bother them, that they expected that that would just continue. And one guy actually told me, he said, Father, I'm Italian, so we get angry. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it occurred to me that... Uh, that uh, where you're coming from, where you know your 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 background uh, should not dictate your behavior. Your behavior should be dictated by who the kind of the kind of person you want to be, and where you want to hope to end up. So uh, it occurred to me that I would you know I would write some of this down and um, put it in a book. And actually, I didn't think anybody any um, any publisher would accept the book because it's so short. Uh, but I was happy to see that uh, Sophia Press immediately picked it up. Uh, as soon as I sent them a letter, it must have been a day later when they sent me an email and said, hey, we want to see this. Wow. That's great. It's short, but it's succinct. It's it's filled with a lot of information, which is great. You can have a book that's 500 pages long. Believe me, I've gotten books that are 500 pages long, and I've been bored, and I've thought, wow, there's just nothing being said in this book. Your book <laughs> yeah. I read in I, – I read your book in one session on my treadmill. One session on my treadmill, and I, I just kept going. It was great, but it's, it's a plethora of information. Yeah, You must and, have been um, really in great shape after that one session. <laughs> <laughs> no, I read fast. I've been doing this for a long time, so I read fast. Okay. But still, you know. Yeah. But it's funny that you mentioned people's backgrounds because I have a lot of different friends who are Italian and Jewish, and I've had Jewish people say to me, do you know us Jews, we just fight. That's what we do. We just fight. It's just it's the best thing. And I'm thinking, no, not really. It's not. You know, and Italians not, will no, use that necessary. as an excuse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't see the point for myself. You know, I'm like, what's to fight about, really? There's nothing to fight about. I'm not going to waste my brain cells, but <laughs> that's just me. Right, <laughs> right. And I know that in reading this book, you focus on Christianity. But in reality, this is not just for Christians. This is for people of all faiths that have anger issues. Yeah, I would and say so, yeah. It, it's, yeah, it's relatable to everyone, you know, and it really is is great because it can teach you how to be a good person in the world, whoever you are, toward everyone, toward yourself, for the greater good of all. So that, I think, is what intrigued me so much about your book. It was not just based on Christianity. It's steeped in Christianity because of where you come from and who you are. And you read that, but you know what? You just look beyond that and say, you know, this isn't just for that. It's for everyone. So I, I, I liked that a lot. Um, Absolutely. I, it wasn't... Yeah. It was very interesting to read the stories about some of the saints. And, you know, everyone thinks saints are born saints. You know, they just come in that way. But they start out <laughs> just like the rest of us, normal human beings. And, right. and a lot of them, especially in your stories and other stories I've read over the years, if not most of them, they've had a tough life or faced some really big-time challenges, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Some of them uh, some of them had big tempers. Hey, Francis de Sales, one of the calmest and most patient saints we've ever had he had a big uh temper when he was young and when uh, uh saint francis uh, de chantal uh encouraged him to be angry over the opposition they were facing when they tried to start a new order he said would you have me lose in a quarter hour what has taken me 20 years hard work to acquire so he had to work at it it didn't come easy yeah. for him 
I don't think it comes easy for a lot of people. It's a tough thing getting over anger. So let's talk about that for a minute. Would you explain to our listeners what, what the difference is and what you mean by sinful anger versus righteous anger, what the differences are between the two? Yeah, okay. Well, there is such a thing as righteous anger, as uh, Tom Aquinas says. Um, so uh, there's sometimes when it's appropriate to be angry. Uh, uh, most Christians uh, think that uh, an example of that would be uh, Jesus in the temple when he cleansed the temple. But uh, uh, anger as a deadly sin is a disorderly outburst of emotion connected with the um, disproportionate desire for revenge. It's usually co- accompanied by surliness, by malice, a forethought, and of all, above all by the determination to take vengeance. Now, mm-hmm. uh, the feeling of anger is just a strong feeling of displeasure or hostility, and there's nothing sinful about that because we can't control that. Um, right. You never know when you're going to have a feeling of one way or another, but it's what we do with those feelings that's the key. And I think when you turn on the news, for the most part, for the most part, some of the things that I'm seeing, I don't even like watching the news. It really is, especially after reading your book. I thought, this really is just sinful anger. This is, yep. There are people just lashing out for no apparent reason. Now, that's just because of the way it's presented on the news. There, of course, is an apparent reason. We just don't know what it is, you know, for, for those involved in it. But it is right. definitely sinful anger. Wouldn't, wouldn't you agree rather than being righteous anger? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Most anger is sinful. Most anger is sinful. I mentioned that in the book. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So uh, so we need to be careful about how we express our anger. But, you know, there are ways of expressing it and uh, that, that are kind of um, healthy. And uh, we can process it well. And then, uh, and then it's not going to better us. The problem is, that people think, well, I only have two options. Either I blow up or I suppress it, and that's not mm. true. If you suppress your anger, of course, as you know as a psychologist, uh, it will wait for a moment of weakness and it will explode. It will, Yeah, you'll just build it up and build it up and then forget it. Then it's really bad. You need to you need to get rid of it. I like your book because you do teach people ways, you provide ways to help people monitor or curb or tame or, or completely let go of sinful anger. And it's interesting because when you read the book, you can go back. I was laughing at parts. Now, this is not a funny book, but well, I was laughing at parts. I mean, there are some funny things in there. I mean, you know. There are, because yeah. you can relate to it yourself, and you say, oh, my God, this is what I did. <laughs> this is when I did something similar to this, you know. Um, uh-huh. I, I forget what I reading in it and I remember when I was first married decades ago I remember I would my husband and I would commute to work and every day he'd call me at his office and I was three miles away you know because he had to be to work first and I'd then go to my office and he'd say uh, okay you can come and get me and I'd go and get him and I'd wait in the parking lot for 15 minutes and then it was 20 and then it was 30 and I'd say to him don't please don't keep me waiting call me when you're ready it's okay but I have other things to do I don't mind working late but I don't want to just sit and then uh-huh. one day he kept me for an hour and I thought, this is it. That's an hour. He's not listening to anything I say. So when he came out, I said, I am not going to wait. Again, I will give you 10 minutes. And if, you're not, if you don't come out when I get here in 10 minutes, I'm going to go home, which was an hour away. And he was like, yeah. Well, and you okay, didn't get you know. angry. You didn't get no, angry. I didn't. No, That's a good way well, I was it. angry inside. But this is what I was saying to him because I thought, how yeah. do you rectify this? You know? Yeah. And 
the next day came and he kept me waiting and I waited 15 minutes and I went home and then he called <laughs> home. This was for cell phones. And he said, where are you? And I said, well, you called home. I picked up the phone. That's where I am. And he said, can you come and get me? And I said, no, you're going to have to figure this out on your own. My time is just as precious as yours on this planet. Nobody's time on the planet is any more precious than anyone else's. And I will not be kept waiting. That's not right. I told you that I gave you fair warning and now right. I left. Well, Sounds then the passive aggressive behavior. Yeah, he took a cab home. It cost him a hundred dollars, and it, you know, and that was a lot of money. You know, twenty five years ago. And he said to me, you know, um, it was very passive aggressive for like three or four days, and then he got past it. But he never kept me waiting again. And I yeah, thought, you know, right. it, yeah, <laughs> you know, that, was, angry, that was a yeah. good plan you had there. <laughs> but, you know, and it just came to me. Was, I don't like yelling. I don't like to hear yelling. I grew up with a lot of yelling in the house. It really bothered me. I thought there's no reason yes. for people to yell. Words hurt. They uh, well, as hurt. a kid, I hated it when I heard adults getting angry or raising their voice. I hated it. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that's what did it to me. And I, we don't really fight because, in my opinion, there's nothing to fight about. And I keep telling him the whole, the whole house is sacred space right now. You can't fight in the house. You have to go outside. And then when I don't follow him outside, it's like, fight on your own. <laughs> I'm not doing it. <laughs> there you go. I told a, a, married, a married woman recently, I said, look, if you guys are going to uh, discuss things and argue, tell them you won't do it unless you're holding hands. And that's one that's of the things that they recommend. Of course, I'm sure you know that as marriage counseling. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That you know you have to you have to remember that when you married this person, you married them, and that's what's important. You married them for whatever. They need to know that you love them, and you need to know that they love you. So there needs mm -hmm. to be a a neutral area, and yep. you know. We have neutral area, and we don't fight a lot anyway, but when we do, it's it's like that. He's passive-aggressive, and I'm not, and I just say, okay, this is how it's going to be, and I just move on and keep doing and going because I figure you got to move forward or you'll get stuck. So yeah. that's kind of how it's going on, you know. Um, now, the, some of the ways that you do uh, provide for people to monitor, and you've mentioned a couple of them, which are really great, you know, process anger rationally. People don't do that, and people actually plan Sometimes they plan when they're going to be angry, which when I first started hearing this, I thought, this is crazy. What do you mean yeah, you right. plan your anger? But they would know. I'm going to go home tonight, and I'm going to be ticked because dinner's not on the table. Or I'm going to go home tonight, and I'm going to be ticked because my wife was going to want to talk, talk, talk about everything that went on during the day, and she doesn't realize the day that I had. And they're already planning how upset they're going to be when they get home. Have you found that to be true? Yes. Oh, yeah. People, people – uh... Yeah, they they kind of they kind of look forward to it. Now the thing is, but getting angry provides a certain amount of satisfaction, but not getting angry provides more satisfaction. Sometimes people right. don't realize that because they don't know how to do the processing. They don't know yeah. how to get around. Yeah, yeah, it's like learning to drive. You know, you want to learn to drive, and then you're scared the first time you're in the car, and there's this, you're holding the wheel, and now what do I do? And once yeah. you start to maneuver, you get better at it. And yeah. that's pretty much what it all comes down to, is to be able to maneuver with the person that you're with so that they understand. No matter what's going on in your lives, it's a good idea to leave everything at the doorstep, walk in the house, right. and now, it's a, now you're in a different play. And tomorrow morning yeah. when you get up and walk out the door, things are going to look totally differently. But that's, in you know. Fact, in fact, uh, some people, uh, people that are going to go into a situation that's going to be stressful one of the things that I mentioned in the book is not from me, but from one of the other authors, is that it's good to prepare yourself and say, "Well, I'm going to go into this situation, 
and my wife is going to ask me this, this, and this. So I got to prepare so that I won't lose my temper, so that I can uh, answer her rationally without getting upset. Right. And and it's good to learn that, not just for – see, a lot of business people, men particularly, learn that for business because that's how you get ahead. But then they right. don't take that same concept and use it at home. And really, right. it's one concept, use it everywhere. Just use it everywhere. And and, and what, what people don't realize is that even though it's some effort to start doing this properly and, and uh, process your anger rationally – uh, you can make a habit of it. And then you don't even have to think about it. It's automatic. And, and so if you can do it at work, you can do it at home. And I will say that anything in life, whether it's a, a marriage or any type of relationship, business, sibling, parent, child, whatever it is, anything that you're doing, a project you're working on, if you're putting an effort into it, it's worthwhile. When it becomes mm-hmm. struggle, that's when you need to look at it and say, wait, what's going on? Something happened. Now it's struggle. It should never be struggle. It should be effort because you want to make an effort for another person or a project or your friends or whatever relationship you're in. But struggle, that's a whole different ballgame. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, there are degrees of, of effort. But, yeah, and, and the nice thing is once you put in the effort, then you can make a – you can actually make a habit out of love. You can actually make a habit oh my gosh. out of love. That's one of the virtues. Yeah. So a virtue yeah. is a good habit. Yep. Yeah. Uh, you know. So uh, um, do, should we go through? Should we go through yeah. the uh, processing yeah. of anger? Yeah. Let's do that. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So the first thing is you you try to figure out um, why you're angry, and uh, and if it's important. Uh, I asked one um, wife. I said, uh, "Do you want to tell me why you were so angry with your husband last night?" And she said, "Well, you know, I can't remember." But I don't think it was anything important. Well, you know, why bother? You know, if it's not important, you got to say, okay, I'm not going to get into that. I'm not going to worry about that. In fact, I think there are uh, several books written uh, with the uh, uh, first part of the title being Don't Sweat the Small Stuff. Don't Sweat the Small Mm -hmm. Stuff in Love. Don't Sweat the Small Stuff in This and That, whatever. So if it's not worth getting angry at, you got to blow it off and say, I'm not worried about that. I got to move on, but now, okay. So then you decide. Well, maybe it, this thing is worth uh, getting angry about. So then, uh, if you say something, then you have to ask yourself diplomatically to the person who got you angry: Will it do any good, or will it make things worse? There's some people that have bosses that are so hyper that if you mention mm-hmm. anything that they could improve, they'll just go crazy, and your job will be at risk. So. In that case, you have to realize, so we'll deal with that in a minute, okay? But then, uh, okay, so dealing with it di- di- uh, diplomatically, and some people say, well, I'm not I'm not very diplomatic, and nobody's diplomatic until they work at it. So you develop a way to express your dissatisfaction with a little humor. And one of my favorites is Arnold Palmer, who was one of the uh, most popular golfers of his time, and he was a great golfer. And he was trying to putt, putt one day, uh, and I was watching on television. And as he got over the ball, people in the gallery were making noise. They were talking and, and ruining his conversation. So I said, well, he's probably angry over that. How is he going to deal with that and still remain a cr- crowd pleaser? Well, he stood up. He walked over to the crowd. He smiled, and he put his finger to his mouth, and he went shh like that sweetly. 
and everybody was quiet. And he yep. he he kept on being a, a crowd pleaser. But I had one situation where, when I was an engineer, I used to uh, go to church uh, in the morning, and then I would go to work, and I would have breakfast. I would have a, a corn muffin and some orange juice. Well, I discovered one day that somebody was stealing my orange juice. Mm-hmm. And it occurred to me, well, I should write a nasty note and say, you know, stop stealing my orange juice. But I figured, no, no, i got to be a nice person. i got to try to be Christian about this. So I sat down and started writing the note. Dear orange juice thief, you may share my orange juice if you like, but if you do, please let me know how much you want so I can plan ahead. So I taped it on the bottle of juice. Well, a couple of days later, there was another note on the bottle and said, I would like one glass each day. Thank you very much. <laughs> you know, I but, read that, and I I thought that was great, but I also thought, really, somebody had the audacity to actually ask for a glass of water? <laughs> I know. Well, but, you know, but the nice thing about it was in, in a few days he stopped he stopped taking it. And I never found out who it was. <laughs> they were but, so we, have to, you, we have to develop humorous ways to, to say things uh, so that people will – it won't hurt their feelings, but they'll know that we would like them to behave differently. Okay, so then, uh, then if you have somebody that's going to be, uh, you know, go through the roof, if you mention anything about it, then you can't mention it to them, but you've got to do something with that anger. You've got to get rid of it. And mm. uh, as a Christian, um, you know, I have the option of saying, okay, I'm going to unite that to the sacrifice that Christ made on the cross. I'm going to unite that to his suffering because this is a pain having to put up with this. And uh, and then I'm going to give it away. I'm giving it away to him and use it the way Christ's suffering was used to help sinners. And so, uh, uh, you know, I don't, I don't hang on to it. It's gone. And I don't take it back. Every time it comes up, I say, no, 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 I'm giving that, I'm giving that up. I'm giving that as a mm-hmm. sacrifice. And, uh, and so it doesn't bother me anymore, and it's not the same as suppressing. It's actually doing something with it and getting uh, getting it out there and not keeping it. Right. Yep. That That's definitely, and you know, and if you're not Christian, it's just putting it out to the ethers and saying, okay, just let it go to the universe, let the universe take care of it, whatever your belief system is Amen. about your sure. understanding. Yeah, it's sure. the same thing. Yeah, you yeah, can just and do that. To grow, to grow as a right. patient person. Yeah. Right. Yep. Absolutely. That's definitely it. Yeah. And then we get into once you process all of the anger, and, and hopefully you've processed it rationally, this I find to be probably the most difficult for people is the forgiveness. Right. That's right. I find that, yeah, people have some trouble people, with that. Some people say if, you, uh, if you're unforgiving, it's like taking poison and hope it'll kill the other person. Right. Your unforgiveness right. doesn't really hurt the other person. And uh, of course as a Christian, you know, we we have the obligation to forgive others. It's right in our prayer, the our Father, forgive us our mm-hmm. sins as we forgive those who sin against us. And that's the only part of the our Father that Jesus elaborates on. And he says, if you forgive people their their sins, your heavenly Father will forgive you. If not, he won't forgive you. So it's a fundamental thing that Christians are called upon to do. And I would suppose uh, Jewish people would have to forgive too. Uh, yeah. So, um, but forgiveness is not condoning, 
the behavior or making excuses for them. It's not forgiving, forgetting about it. You still remember what what your stepmother did to you, but if you forgive, it won't bother you. Forgiveness is not pardoning an act that was just. You don't need to pardon such an act. It's not just returning to a calm state. It's not a phony, I forgive you, to kind of gloss over it and to control people. Uh, so what is it? Well, it's giving up all resentment, all desire for revenge, and striving to love the one who hurt you. That is, to work for that person's good. And uh, by the way, that's one of the things that fulfills us, is to uh, actually uh, uh, make other people's lives better. That, that's one of yeah. the things that fulfills us as persons, Rather, regardless of what religion you are. That's what fulfills us. So it anyway, um, does. Yeah. And so uh, you you have to uh, not wish that person ill. You don't hold the grudge. You know, I'm uh, both my parents have Irish background, and uh, you probably heard about Irish Alzheimer's disease. You forget everything but the grudges, <laughs> because Irish people, we Irish are known for. For not, you know, for hanging on to grudges. I mean, over in Ireland, you've got grudges that go on for two, three, four hundred years. Right. So, uh, so we need to get rid of all that. And if the person you that hurt you is not sorry and doesn't apologize, in one sense, you still need to forgive because you need to find peace and you need to let the matter go, so that you can love them and wish them well. Uh, so you don't make them your best friend. Uh, you don't look for opportunities to go out drinking with them or anything like that because, you know, you, you know they're probably going to hurt you again. But you still right. you can show them kindness uh, and, and, and try to um, be good to them because, you know, that, that, again, that fulfills us as persons is to be kind to, person and, uh, to other people and to be good to them. Now, of course, even God will not forgive um, people that are not sorry. And, and don't intend to reform. Um, but nonetheless, uh, God still, uh, you know, as our Lord said, uh, he still has the sun rise and, uh, you know, the weather is good sometimes and so on. He, you know, he still loves us even if uh, we have sinned and we, we're not even sorry. Uh, but he's always ready to accept our apologies once we're ready. But he's very patient and he doesn't force it. And that's the way and, we have to be. Yes, because forgiveness does take time depending on the level of hurt. Now, you can look at two different situations or two different sets of people with the same situation, and maybe one person will forgive someone much more quickly than the other person, you know, right. than the other, the other two people. It, it doesn't matter how long it takes. It's like grieving. This is what you have to go through, and you need to get to it. So allow yourself the time. Cut yourself some slack. But also... I find that people have a difficult time forgiving themselves. That's probably yeah. harder than forgiving someone else. And, and I, I know I've had people do things to me, and, they've, and I've approached them, and, and you know, I've, I've confronted them and said, this is what was going on. I don't know why you did this. I don't understand. And I remember one woman said to me, well, okay, so you don't love me anymore? And I said to her, oh, no, I still love you. I just love you over there. 
And she said, what do you mean? I said, you're not in the front of the line. And she said, what? And I said, this is what I do. And, you know, you're not in the front of the line. I still love you. But now, red flag, arm's length, I'm going to be careful because I don't want to be hurt again. And she That's understood it. that when I said it. And she laughed. And I've told a lot of people this. Yes, I love you, but I love you over there. Today, I love you over there. You know? That's and a good can, thing to say. That's a yeah, good idea. I like that. You need that. to get that trust back especially if it's a trust issue it's hard to build trust again it's hard to have faith in someone who's hurt you to the point where you feel like you've been sucker punched your heart's been sliced and you're a pebble on the floor doesn't happen often but it happened to me about a year ago and that person is still very much at arm's length very much i love that person but you know what i'm very careful and and you have to cut yourself the slack and slack for that and know that it's okay because you still love the person you just don't kind of want to have anything to do with the person. That's you know, you it. want to we keep that wanna, energy away from you. You know, we don't want to make ourselves miserable. We're not. We're not masochists. We're not looking for for more misery. <laughs> yeah, because so, that's hard work. <laughs> yeah, uh, absolutely. It really is. Yeah, it's much absolutely. easier to be happy and and positive and outgoing and and help people. You're right. When you help others, you get so much more benefit. It's so much more fulfilling, and it comes back. A million times. And Amen. just the little things that you do, the random acts of kindness. The biggest thing for me that I will tell people is that if you can, in every situation, I don't care what the situation is. I don't care what it is. There is always something to be grateful for. That's why at the beginning of the show, I play the song, Thank You. And if you're online beforehand, you hear the song, Grateful. These are two great, wonderful songs that have wonderful words to them. And you can always find something to be grateful for, even if it's just the air that you breathe that day. Some people don't have that. Absolutely. And I think I have a prayer in here about uh, thanking God for all the little things in our lives. uh, Yes, you do. Which we should be. be. You know, I've gotten into the habit more recently to thank God for uh, my uh, warm bed at night, uh, for Mm -hmm. a, a, a warm day in the summertime. Uh, you know, all the beautiful things that we have in our lives. We have friends, we have family, uh, we have health. A lot of us have health. So yep. there's all these things to be thankful for instead of focusing on the negative. It's, right. it's a way to go through life and to be happy. Yeah, just to be positive about and find it. And the more you try to find it, the more you will find. And it will be easier for you. And, I mean, I keep a gratitude journal. I've been keeping one for like 30 years, and I tell people, get a gratitude journal. And at the end of oh, the day, right. Write down a few things you're grateful for and then start to see if you can go from one to maybe three after a few months and maybe five after a year and do five every day and and see what five things. And some days, yes, it will be challenging to come up with five things, but you have to remember you woke up and somebody else didn't. You can breathe and somebody else is on an oxygen tank. You can see. You have your hands and your feet and there are people who are, you know, are are being bitten by sharks and and having uh, god-awful amputations. There is always something to be grateful for. Yeah, and another thing is you don't live in Afghanistan or Iraq. <laughs> well, that's first and foremost. I mean, I'm always telling people, look, you live in the greatest country in the world, okay? You live in, in America. You've got it better than anybody else in the world to start, no matter where that's you right. are. You've that's got right. it better than anybody else. So God bless America and say thank you for that, you know, and yeah. then move on from there. Yeah, Amen. you know, and that 
that allows you to forgive more easily, too, if you are grateful, if you live a life of gratitude, if you live from your heart, if you just come at people from that space and say, okay, I'm going to cut slack for them because I don't know what baggage they have because we all do. You don't know what someone just, you know, if someone cuts you off in traffic, are they rushing about because they got a call and they have to go somewhere quickly for something that's not really nice, you know? You don't know. Yeah, well, I... When, when somebody cuts me off in traffic, I say, well, how many times have I done that? How can I complain about him? <laughs> well, there you go. Yeah. You know, I've done the same thing. I haven't gotten caught, right? <laughs> it's the same thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, it, yeah. It's crazy because you can think back, especially the older you get, you can think back of the things that you didn't get in trouble for that people get in trouble for now. And you're like, wow, just there, for the grace of God, go I. Yeah, you know? absolutely. absolutely. That's, that's, that's one of my favorite sayings, too. <laughs> yeah. Now, um, Fred Luskin wrote a book on um, forgiveness. He's, uh, he's an expert on this, and uh, he actually has a, a forgiveness institute at Stanford University. And one of the mm-hmm. things he said uh, that causes people anger is they have unenforceable rules. For example, my mother should have loved me, or my husband has to be faithful. Or my friend should never lie to me. And if you make yeah. a rule like that and it's broken, you could go wild with anger. He said you got to distinguish it and, and change it from, well, this isn't my desire. This is not my rule. This is not a hard and fast rule. But, yeah, I, I wish my mother had loved me. Or I hope my husband will be faithful. Or I hope my friend will never lie to me. But I can cope. If they do, I'll figure out a way to cope or how to deal with it. And it won't destroy me. That's the big thing. It won't destroy me as a person. And so uh, you, you just have these desires, and and you try to uh, focus on on um, hoping that these things are fulfilled. But uh, and, and I, you know, I think people that are involved with sports, it's good for them because every time you go into a game, you may expect or you may want to win the game, but. Uh, Sometimes you're not going to win the game, and mm-hmm. you got to, uh, and so that helps you go through life because that helps you realize that sometimes you're going to fail in life. And some of the greatest successors uh, we've ever had in this world have been people that have failed a lot before they succeeded. Absolutely, because their persistence kept them going on, you know. Yeah. And they were. You have to fail so that you, you know. Whenever I write out a wedding card to people, it's like I hope you have just enough sorrow so that you understand the happiness really well. It, oh, however, good. I verbalize it because you need to know the difference. If you don't know the difference, and sometimes parents with children, if they give and give and give and give too much and the child never fails and everything is, you know, kids go to birthday parties now and everybody gets a present. No, it's not your birthday. You're going to get a favor. You're not going to get a present. You're going to get a little favor. <laughs> you know, I mean, that's just me. It drives me crazy because I think, no, you can't spoil the children like that because when they get out in the world, people won't like them. <laughs> you know? And that's not the way the world works. Exactly. You know, you have to fail to know how to get past that so that you can succeed. That's our growth. Every hard, difficult thing makes us grow to be a better person. And if you don't give them that, then it's not going to work. It's just not going to work. One of the women at work here, she said, why does life always have to be so difficult? And I said, well, if it weren't, you'd become flabby spiritually. Yeah, You wouldn't be able to cope. And, it, and it, it isn't always difficult. It's what we make it. See, here's another thing that, we talk, that you talk about in the book. It's so funny that people sometimes 
blame a lot of times blame God, the universe, whatever you want to call the God of their understanding for everything. When in fact, right. it's really not their fault. It's your own fault. Whatever's going on, you got to accept the responsibility. But nobody wants to. There, there right. is no account for. You know, n- nobody wants to be accountable for the things that happen because it's easier to blame someone else. And that's a shame well, because then you're just yeah. growing. Yeah, or there's some things that just happen, and you know, yeah. and that, you know, there's an earthquake or whatever, and it happens. So you gotta you gotta deal with it. Oh, I have mm-hmm. a friend who used to say, uh, my goal is to try to uh, play with the hand I've been dealt. Yeah, and that's a good way to go through life. That's a very good way to go through life. And if in fact you you know you're in an area where there's a lot of earthquakes and you don't like it, move. There are places that don't have a lot of earthquakes, you know. If you're in a place that's always humid and hot and you don't like it, move to the northeast. We have four seasons here. You know, you can get the heat, you can get the cold, it's frigid, it's it's wonderful. You know, we go sometimes on a daily basis. You can go through snow, rain, and 80-degree weather in the same day. It's crazy here. But it's cool because... It's just the way that it is, and you get used to it. But when people are complaining about, you know, I don't like this, that, or the other thing, or why is this happening? There's so many tsunamis, and there's so much earthquakes and hurricanes, and volcanoes are going off. What's going on? Well, I'm thinking that maybe Mother Earth is a little ticked at the way we're getting her, and she's spitting and spewing and saying stuff, you know. <laughs> that could yeah. be part of it. I don't know. You know, um, we don't know the yeah. answer to that, but everything seems to be cyclical. And, you know, you just have to deal with what you get. So it can be difficult if you allow it to be difficult, but if you, I find that the more gratitude you have, the easier the challenges are. The the, the easier it is to get through them. And simple anger. Yep. And simple anger and unforgiveness are related to pride. Basically, people are saying, well, how dare you make me feel like this? Or how dare Mm -hmm. life give me this trouble? Or how dare God allow this to happen? And so pride is the root of of all sin. And um, I encourage people with an anger problem to pray every day for humility. There was a great prayer uh, written by um, Cardinal Mary Del Val, who was the Secretary of State of one of the popes in the early part of the 20th century. And... uh, he, uh, I shortened his prayer because his prayer was too long, and I don't think people are going to pray long prayers. But a part of it, he said, uh, uh, from the desire to be esteemed, deliver me. From the desire to be honored, deliver me. From the desire to be praised, deliver me. And then uh, teach me to accept humiliation, contempt, rebukes, being slandered, being ignored, being insulted, being wrong, being belittled. Grant me the grace that others be admired more than I, that others be praised and I unnoticed that others be preferred to me in everything, that others be holier than I, provided that I become as holy as I should, that I might imitate the patience and the obedience of uh, the mother of Christ, Mary. Amen. And that's my own adaptation of his uh, of his prayer. And I give that to people because pride is will drag us down and will make us very unpopular. St. Augustine mm-hmm. said, if you, if you ask me what is the most essential element in the teaching and morality of Christ, I would answer you, the first is humility, the second humility, and the third humility. Hmm. So, you mm-hmm. know, we've got to really strive for that virtue. Uh, no matter what our religious convictions are, humility is a very important uh, virtue for uh, for happiness. Because people love yes. to be with humble people. Yes. And, uh, yeah, they do. And But there is so much... Uh, 
you know, strutting around and peacocking who's better than who the competition. You can't get anywhere unless you put yourself out there and make yourself, you know, um, well-known in a way that you have to start your stuff. That is a turnoff to a lot of people. I don't particularly like it. You can do good and you can serve. And you know what? Even the little things, even, uh, you know, Memorial Day, they, they, you put money in a, a, a pot on the, um, on the street and they give you one of those little, um, it's not a peony, what is it? They give you a little poppy little poppy pin that you wear and they always hand me one and I always say no that's okay and one day the woman who saw me all the time she said why do you never take one I said God knows where I give nobody else needs to know and she just looked at me and I was like really I mean nobody does nobody needs to know what I'm doing or not doing you know I do what I want to do and it doesn't need to be flashy Um, so Mm -hmm. even on that level you know you just serve in a way that yeah, the little things in every instance, whether it's a little acts of kindness or the little things you do that nobody needs to know about, it, it all it makes a bigger impact because everything we do impacts the next person that impacts the next person that impacts the next person. And mm-hmm. that, yeah, that's the energy. I mean, this radio show, Energy Awareness, what I do and say is going to impact people in a way that could alter their day for the good or if I don't say something nice, it could alter their day for the bad. And right. that's not good. You never want to do that, you know. Right. Um, so I can yep. completely understand, you know, what you're saying. That's a great prayer, by the way. That's yeah. a great prayer. Yeah. St. Vincent de yeah. Paul, he wrote, uh, you must ask God to give you power to fight against the sin of pride, which is your greatest enemy, the root of all that is evil and the failure of all that is good, for God resists the proud. Yeah. Yeah, that's a that's really great. It really is. That's something that people need to um, to understand. And it, yeah. it really does make life easier. It makes it so much easier because nobody wants to, you know, the second part of the, the book, Overcoming Sinful Anger, is how to master your emotions and bring peace to your life. That's what everybody's seeking. Everybody's saying That's they're it. seeking happiness. I don't think they're seeking happiness. They're seeking peace. Peace will bring you happiness. Happiness won't necessarily bring you peace, you know, because you don't know what the happiness level is. But the peace... That's what you want. That's what's fulfilling. Do you agree with that? Yeah, yeah well, no, um, my understanding of happiness is kind of a, a fulfillment kind of a thing. It's not the same as pleasure, that's for sure. But mm-hmm. happiness is, and, and my understanding of happiness is kind of where you are peaceful and serene and comfortable in your life, um, not because everything's going well or you live a life of ease, but because you have a fulfilled life. That's what that's what I see yeah. as happiness is that you are fulfilled as a person and you're satisfied with the way you have been able to live your life given what God has given you. Yes, your life is purposeful, it's fulfilling, and you're at peace. That's happiness. But some people will say, well, I want to be happy. I want to have the, the expensive car and the big house and a boat and a plane. And I think, really, that's not happiness. Not you enough. can't buy happiness. It's not. It. You can buy all that stuff, and you're going to be just as miserable as you are right now. You know, but people yeah. don't believe it until. I mean, look at all the people that win big lotteries, and the, if the money's gone in a year, what did they do with the money? There's a lot of money. They just spent it on what? And are they happy? No. And usually, they're not happy <laughs> after they yeah. had all that money. You know. No, not at all. Not at all. Yeah, it's really, yeah. um, it's really too bad. Uh, I know that. You know, your book is just so, we've only touched on some of the things, but it is so filled with so much information. And as I said, it's very succinct. So it's good to read because 
you can get through it quickly, but you pick up so much information. I was amazed when I first received it. I thought, okay, this is a short book. Okay, I don't know if it's going to be what I'm thinking it's going to be. And when I read it, I thought, wow, this is more than I thought it was going to be. So kudos to you for putting together such a great book in such a way that is easy to read. No, seriously. (laughs) Yeah, I try not to put any fillers in my books. It's great, though, because you get a lot out of it, and you learn so much more. And actually, just reading the book, I mean, I got off my treadmill, and I was like, wow, I really feel good today. And I knew it wasn't just the treadmill. I knew it was the book, too, because I always read some book. I I usually have, like, an Einstein book or something that I'm in the middle of, and then when I get other books, I read it. And, you know, and this was just – I really enjoyed it immensely. It was very, very good. So, you know – and there aren't a lot of books out there that talk about anger in the same way, get the point across quite as – quickly and quite as purposefully as you did it uh you really made the points and they are driven home well and they're easy to do you can anybody can resonate with this book that's really well, the whole you. thing here you're, you're we quite welcome them. i just we should tell them where they can get it they can get it at amazon.com or any yeah, of those places. that was coming up. <laughs> oh, you were going to do that already. Okay. Absolutely, yeah. I always okay. promote my guest books. Absolutely we oh, do, excellent. yes. Um, as a matter of fact, we are almost at the top of the hour, so I do want to ask you, yeah, go ahead, tell people where they can get your book, you know, yeah, the and name if of there's the book any is other Overcoming, Overcoming Sinful Anger, and they can get it at uh, Amazon.com or, you know, any of the other uh, online uh, booksellers. They can also get it at Sophia Press. You know, they're the publishers. But, uh, yeah, it's, you can get it at any of those places. And uh, it's not expensive. Uh, I think on Amazon it's under under $11 now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, I would, and you, you have, know. Go ahead. You've written other books. Well, you have a website, I believe. I, I hope I have the website right. It's CSNCharlesEpersonFrankAlive.org. Yeah, C as in Catholic, F as in Faith, Alive dot org. Yeah, that's right. And okay. we have all, all our books. All our books are there. I have a book on courtship, uh, Christian courtship in an oversex world. I have a book on on um, the spiritual life called Be Holy. Um, I have a book on the saints, who's who in heaven. So all those books they can uh, get the titles at our website. C as in Catholic, F as in Faith, Alive dot org. Yeah. Yep. And, and you know, um, I, I think if all of your books are as succinct as this, it's worth getting because you'll get so much out of them. I haven't read the other books, so I don't know. But, right. um, you know, just in the way that you're writing this one, it, it just it really comes across very, very well. And it's a great book for anybody to get for any type of relationship, any type of relationship. This would behoove you, you know, especially if you're in the workforce, getting married, uh, dating, whatever it is, this is a good book to learn how to deal with anger or if you're just an angry person or maybe you're married to somebody that was angry, you know someone who's angry and you need to read it in order to interact with them because you love them and you don't want to just abandon them. You know, I think it's right. a very, very helpful book. So, yes, yeah. that's um, it's yeah, wonderful. Yeah, very often you, know, you, can, you can help people that have an anger problem by just being kind and gracious and, and patient. And they they learn from they you know they learn by your example sometimes sometimes you can't and get them you can't talk them into it but you can show the no. example. Well, and the other thing too is sometimes people think they can change people. You can't change anyone. You can't change anyone That's but it. yourself. 
However, when you're changing yourself, you will see other people around you changing because you are changing. Whether they go out of your life and new people come in or whether they make a shift because they see what's going on and they like it, it, that's what the energy is all about. What you put out comes back and either they'll change or leave or, you know, so it really is about changing you to change the others because you can't, you cannot change them. So, yeah, that's, very, that's very rule number one in, in marriage counseling. You got to change yourself. Don't try to change your yeah. spouse. Yeah, don't be, don't be thinking I'm going to get married and I'm going to change this person because that is not going to happen. <laughs> I don't well, know why people qu- think that. <laughs> there's a funny quip about that. Men get married hoping their wives will never change, and women mm-hmm. get married hoping they can change their husbands, and both are yeah. wrong. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> because we grow. You know, you grow yeah. as a couple, and you grow independently of each other, and then you come back and grow as a couple, and you have to know that ebb and flow as well. And, you know, yeah. that's all about maneuvering the river, too. So there's an awful lot that goes on. But, Father Morrow, oh, my gosh, I'm so very grateful that you were able to take time to join us here at Energy Awareness Radio. Really, truly, thank you so, so very much. Really my appreciate pleasure. your time. Yeah. Ah, so, listeners. We need you to spread the word. We know you enjoy what you hear on Energy Awareness Radio, so please share it with your friends. You know, we live in a very challenging and constantly changing world, and that's why I have the guests that I do, to keep you apprised so you won't get lost in the dross of life. We need to stay aware so we can navigate easily and live the life we're meant to live, productively, healthfully, and purposefully. And this is where you find the tools to do just that. So send the link for this show to everyone you know and let them have the same opportunity that you just had so they may learn and grow and make the world a better place for all. On behalf of everyone here at Energy Awareness Radio, I'd like to thank all of our listeners for tuning in. My name is T. Love, and I hope you'll be back next week for another great show here at Energy Awareness Radio. For more information about me, please feel free to visit my website, quantumwellness.org. You'll find an archived list of past shows, the lineup for upcoming shows, as well as information about other upcoming events I'll be hosting, including upcoming Crystal Singing Bowl concerts. So, you know, check that out. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at NRG Aware Radio. That's at NRG Aware Radio. I am your host, T-Love, here at Energy Awareness Radio, intending you and yours a most wonderful week. Remember, living from your heart is quite easy. You need only give thanks to do so. Take care and stay well.
Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.